0: go ahead get this turned down what's going on everybody it's your boy a double and you're now tuned in to episode 173 of durags and boat shoes uh sorry about the wait uh the delay uh it's been about a two week uh hiatus since uh, we've been back talking to y'all and i see that y'all missed me because uh y'all been playing episode 172 uh left and right uh y'all been it looks like you got about close to 400 downloads so y'all been out here just uh willing and dealing and replaying the episode unless uh y'all been out here just um you know uh replaying it or sharing it with some folks i appreciate that but i always know when y'all miss me because uh a lot of episodes um a lot of the past episodes will start getting a bunch of plays and uh shit like that so i'm sorry about the wait uh man i just been busy than the motherfucker i ain't even gonna lie about it I'm just super duper busy but i'm here um i'm back and um it's just one of them things you know just getting ready for the baby um getting the house ready uh for her she'll be here in march and uh you know it's already the end of january like god damn like i don't know it seems like we've been in january forever don't it just with so much that it went on in the month of january but um Let's go ahead and get started on that good old summer damn jam scream. Thank you for the messages too. People been hitting me up like, yo, where the fuck the episode is at? Um, You know, like I said, just been busy with life, you know, and I appreciate y'all being patient with me and uh, just hitting me up to check to see, uh, you know, how everything is going. So I want to talk about, y'all been sending me this goddamn article for uh, about a week and a half about your man Howard Kirby all right and i was going to talk about this anyway you know i'm always a big proponent of not blocking your blessings i give y'all many stories about blocking your blessings and howard kirby is no different so howard kirby is a a man from michigan he needed a new roof for his house howard kirby is a born-again christian howard kirby put that energy out into the world that he needed a blessing well, Howard Kirby went to his local Habitat for Humanity Restore, which is a thrift store, and Howard Kirby found a couch that he liked for only $70. Now, Howard Kirby said the couch was uncomfortable. Howard Kirby and his daughter-in-law opened up a cushion to see what was uh, see why it was so uncomfortable. Excuse me. Um, Howard Kirby and his daughter-in-law discovered $43,000 was stuffed into the cushion of the couch of the ottoman. Uh, Howard Kirby's prayers have been answered. Won't he do it? Yes, he will. Uh, Howard Kirby could now buy a new roof and pay off the remaining balance of his mortgage. Howard Kirby contacted a lawyer. The lawyer said legally it was Howard Kirby's money howard kirby felt guilty for the blessing that he just received howard kirby blocked his blessing by returning the money to family that donate the couch after their father died howard kirby is now back at square one don't be like howard kirby okay when God answers your prayers, stop working against them. I don't know how many times I have to say that. When God answers your prayers, stop working against them. That family that donated that couch uh, thought they were getting some old photos back. And I watched the video of it happen. The woman swore up and down, she, she thought she was about to get some old photos back. They knew nothing about that money that was left in the couch. That's how you know that this was divine intervention from the Most High, from Jehovah, from Allah, from God, to bless Howard Kirby. But Howard's so-called moral compass was turned in the wrong direction. Again, stop blocking your blessings. Now, back in October of last year, a woman uh, that was working at Plato's Closet, which is a thrift store, she found about seven thousand dollars in a coat and returned it to the guy that donated the coat now the man forgot that he would hide money in his coat again blocking your blessings in san diego a goodwill employee that test out electronics had a tempura fryer and inside of a foil ball um, had about $46,000 the family that donated the friar had no idea that their father was stashing money away in that fu- uh, that friar again blocking your blessings these stories there are stories like this all across the web uh, archived and the web of archived block blessings and I just can't stress this enough um, I just, I just don't get it I do not get it the Lord will bless you with something and here you are talking about I need to find the original owners ain't nobody come looking for that shit just like with the Howard Kirby I kept saying his name because I want y'all to keep that name in mind when y'all come across a blessing now I'm not saying a blessing is going to be somebody's wallet full of money that done fell on the ground or somebody's purse that you done found you know that's that's not a blessing that's you helping somebody out you return some shit like that but in these situations you done bought a 70 dollar couch with an ottoman and one of the cushions or the ottoman they didn't they kept going back and forth in the different stories that i read about howard kirby um they kept going back and forth between an ottoman and a couch cushion but they opened it up and they found $43,000 and you can just see the pain on Howard Kirby's face when he's returning that money because he's like you know what I done fucked up because that family thought that they were getting some old photos back that's what they thought getting some old photos now if he was feeling that damn bad he should have just gave him like a thousand dollars You know, just had that like rubber band up like this was in the couch cushions. I don't know if you could do anything with it, blah, 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 and call it a goddamn day and have $42,000. Now, Howard Kirby needed a new roof and he could have paid off the remaining balance off of his home. That was just a blessing right there. And I just don't get these folks because I think I told the story. About another woman blocking her blessings, working at a Goodwill, and uh, these these grandsons donated a bunch of their grandma's stuff. And uh, I think there was uh, what was it about twenty-five thousand dollars or something like that. I can't remember the the amount that was in the uh, it was in a duffel bag not a duffel bag but in some a jacket or a coat or something like that, or in a shoe box or something, or a pair of shoes or something that's still in the box and them boys didn't know shit about it every single story that you read just just google like goodwill employee finds money every single one it's always you know an old relative that's saving some money he's putting some money away like that tempura fryer that had the uh what was that forty six thousand dollars in it they said that the uh the dad would they would just put uh the dad and the mom I believe would stash away like a hundred bucks every payday for a rainy day and the rainy day never did come um I think both of them caught uh Alzheimer's or something so they had to put them in a home and then they donated a bunch of their shit. You know what I'm saying? So this man is out here testing these electronics working for goodwill making minimum wage and then all of a sudden he st- he finds a stash of money. Now you just put that in your pocket and you're going about your merry goddamn way. You know what I'm saying? That's that's all it is to it. This is a blessing coming your damn way. I just I just do not get folks who block their blessings. You know what I'm saying? I just do not fucking get it. And I saw an old Facebook post of mine where it was from like 2010 i think this 2010 2011 this might have been the last time i blocked my blessings Uh, i think i was at sonic and i got something to eat and the woman gave me back the wrong change like she gave me back too much money and i corrected her and gave her the correct amount back Uh, since then i don't think i've done that since i don't do that since i'm just like yep you got to carry the one yep and give me my 20 back yep and then give me three more dollars yep that's it that's it yep that is correct thank you have a great day like i just i just stopped blocking my blessings i really did i just stopped and uh speaking of blocking your blessings the omaha police are trying to get some folks to snitch on this man i was talking to my wife about this earlier today this was right on twitter let me see if I can uh, pull this goddamn thing up. Let's see here. Um, let me see here. So basically, a brother was out here scamming somehow, some way. Let me, let me, let me find a tweet. Y'all just bear with me here. If I had a goddamn something to plug, I would plug it. But I don't have shit to plug. Oh, here we go. Uh, Omaha police needs assistance in identifying the man who deposited a fraudulent check, resulting in thousands of dollars of financial loss. This is a victim victimless crime right here because it's, it's the bank. They're insured. They're going to be AOK. OK. Uh, a brother went to the ATM and deposited uh, a check for about forty five hundred dollars and he got away with the money and they they can't find this man. They can't find them nowhere, and I and I don't get I don't be mad at that. I'm not mad at that. That's a victimless crime. That bank is insured, and by the colors of that uh, of the ATM, it looks like it's my bank because it got them poles, them colored poles. But yeah, that look like my bank. I, I'm not mad at that. That's a victimless crime. Ain't nobody about to help no goddamn crime stoppers in this man and scammed forty five hundred dollars to an insured bank. Now I can see if he scammed a person. You know what i'm saying if it was or it was like one of them gofundme scams or some shit like that but no this is a victimless crime that brother then he didn't block his blessings right there <laughs> i can't believe they got the audacity to be like help us find him because it's, it ain't like he went in there and pistol whipped the tail a teller or anything like that you know what i'm saying or shot the security guard and robbed him nope he just deposited a fake check Got that $4,500 and went on about his way. You can't identify him. All right, he was meant to get away with it. And you're going to get that money right back. You're insured. You know what I'm saying? Federally insured. So get the fuck on up out of here. Um, let's see what else has been uh, going on. Have y'all seen um, Goddamn Bad Boys 3? I watched that. Uh, me and the wife watched that last weekend. Um, And it was actually pretty good. It was, and you know what? Me and the wife was talking about. We miss seeing Martin on the big screen he was so damn funny in that movie he was so funny in that movie and i know people were like i don't want to see fat martin and blah 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 and all this other shit like he was fat martin in bad boys too like he he was he was getting up there you know what i'm saying you know just kind of a little bit slower and shit like that like like let that man be and so he's 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 going into retirement and in this bad boys three but it's it's a dope film it's a little bit long but you don't even think about it you don't even think about it because it's so entertaining all the way through and i don't know what people be thinking some folks was kind of shitting on it um just to be you know you know those people who just want to be contrary and be like look at me look at me i didn't like it everybody else liked it but i didn't look at me i'm important i didn't like it i'm not like y'all sheeples you know it's like get the fuck out of here it's a very enjoyable movie and uh hopefully martin will get back on the big screen because it was just refreshing to watch him and will you know banter you know will always shines but it was just dope to see martin back on the big screen really good to see him Um, But, yeah, go see that movie, Bad Boys 3. I I thoroughly enjoyed it. My wife enjoyed it. Uh, We had a good time. Even though we fucked up, we went to the Alamo Draft House, um, up in Midtown, not too far from the crib. And we went like super early on a Saturday. We went and seen it at like 11, 30, 12, 30 or something like that. And this it was what they call Alamo for all. So basically this is where you can bring kids, uh, special needs kids, special needs adults, and they don't have previews playing at all. And they have the house lights on. So then they just dim them just a little bit and i was like god damn because when you buy it on fandango it don't tell you that right it doesn't tell you it's alamo for all and they encourage light talking and so we went and there was a couple of couples there with like special needs adults or whatever but other than that like it was fine like they wouldn't like yelling at the screen or anything like that and um you know having them lights on it didn't even bother me you know what i'm saying what did bother me was um not seeing any previews though because it was just like damn the movie's just gonna start you know what i'm saying but other than that it, it was cool it was cool but definitely go see bad boys 3 it's very enjoyable um nice little plot twist i thought it was kind of a cop out the plot twist but then i was like yeah it's kind of cool and um yeah it looks like it might be another bad boys 4 i, th- I know they th- probably signed on for it and um from the previews i was a little worried they introduced like a whole new division and all this other shit. And I was a little worried that they was just gonna, you know, have these young folks out here just still in the show. But it's mainly Martin and Will but man i really miss seeing martin on the big screen i like it it'll make you be like take you back to like the 90s and you know when martin was out here killing it with like a thin line between love and hate and uh doing you know death comedy jam and then having a show and then doing the first bad boys and then like big mama's house and stuff in the early 2000s so it's just like damn martin when you gonna get back on the big screen but it's just very refreshing to see him up on there but um i really ain't got too much else on that good old summer damn jam screen i really wanted to talk about blocking your blessings because i don't want y'all feel guilty if some money you know fall in your goddamn lap like those uh, above examples you know what i'm saying don't feel guilty about it at all you know what i'm saying because i mean it's just a blessing in disguise or just a blatant blessing so i'm gonna leave it to my nigga hove hove what you gotta say well, Don't be the next kid tested on that summer jam screen. I smoke rocks. I smoke rocks. All right, thank you so much, Tyrone Bigham's for that lovely intro. I gotta adjust my damn chair. Thank you for that lovely intro of selling hope like damn dope. Uh, we have to give it to um, some folks out there in Puerto Rico. Um, they found a warehouse full of supplies from two years ago when uh, Hurricane Maria hit. And, um, yeah, basically a blogger broke the story. So Governor Wanda Vasquez um, out there in Puerto Rico, she fired the uh, head of Puerto Rico's housing and family departments uh, Sunday in the latest fallout, basically over the discovery of that warehouse that was filled with emergency supplies. Um, The removal of housing secretary, Secretary Fernando Gill, and then Department of Family Secretaria, Secretary Secretary Glorimar Anduar. Uh, and that came a day after the governor fired the director of Emergency Management Agency. And the blogger name was uh, uh, Lorenzo Delgado. He broke the news about the warehouse um, after um, receiving a tip from a resident about the warehouse. So Lorenzo posted a live video of the warehouse And Puerto Ricans broke into the uh, warehouse and started distributing the supplies, which was like water, cots, batteries, baby supplies, and other necessities. Um, And, you know, they just got hit with a a 6.4 magnitude earthquake. um, that hit the island uh, earlier in January. And I can't imagine, you know, how angry the citizens of Puerto Rico are you know with their officials you know the former director of the emergency management agency um the first guy who got fired carlos acevito uh he said that most of those supplies were expired and there were no orders for the supplies to be destroyed my thing is when hurricane maria hit two years ago why wasn't all the supplies dished out then very odd you know the cheeto in chief declared puerto rico a major disaster Um, so that federal funding can be distributed along with temporary housing for the people down there affected by the earthquake and the same thing happened in uh flint just recently there was a contractor who was out there uh, uh what about a year ago a couple years ago and he saw some uh, flats of water, so big ass palace of water in a old abandoned high school. He was an electrician, I believe, and he came back out there just recently. And them flats of water is still sitting in that damn high school. And so he broke that story too. So I just, that's just some fucked up shit. That is just poor management of resources, and people are just suffering. That's just terrible. It's very terrible. And I don't know if that woman, the governor up in Puerto Rico is still, um, you know, sitting because I know the people were pissed and they went to the, uh, they took to the streets to uh, protest her. And I know them three firings really didn't do shit for them Puerto Rican people. They like, no, you got to get the fuck up out the paint. So we got to keep on, um, you know, managing, you know, I'll keep managing this story to see what happened and give y'all an update if there's anything else. This portion of do rags and boat shoes has been brought to you by the letter L, as in, hey, yo, my guy, my hands are full. Give me a hand here. Can you hold this L? All right, so moving on to holding this L. Oh, man, we have to give it to the Drexel University professor, Chika Oadinaka Inwakpa. Uh in Wakpa misused about $185,000 in research grants for strip clubs, sports bars, and iTunes purchases. Okay, Professor in- In-Gua-p- Nguapa, 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 uh, his last name is N-W-A-N-K-P-A, Wakapa. all right, whatever, who was in the, he was in the engineering department. He was arrested earlier uh, last week due to theft by deception and theft by unlawful taking. All right. So the purchases, which were discovered after a university audit, were made from 2010 to 2017, and WAPA made multiple unauthorized and no receipt purchases, which he submitted for reimbursement using grant funds. All right, more than ninety-six thousand dollars, my nigga, was spent at adult entertainment venues and sports bars. About 89,000 was spent on iTunes purchases and WACPA submitted the reports for the adult entertainment expenses by saying the money has been used for catering and food. 48% of the 114 charges he made were incurred on weekends and 63% were incurred from midnight to 2am. The, pro- the professor surrendered his passport and he was released on $25,000 bail and a preliminary hearing uh, was scheduled in uh, on the 29th of January. Um, I'm just trying to figure out how the fuck do you spend almost $90,000 on iTunes over an uh, eight year period? Let's just say it's an eight year period. 2010 27 to 2017, that's 96 months. So, if you divide the 89 racks by 96, you get almost $928 a month on iTunes purchases. Like, what the fuck are you buying on iTunes? Like, are you buying every new movie, album, single, and ringtone that dropped that month? Like, you blew through almost 200 racks on some dumb shit like he was already finessing and getting away with it but you spent almost $90,000 on iTunes purchases like that is crazy and then almost 100 racks on adult entertainment and sports bars like what was this negro thinking like that's what I don't get like 200 racks just up in thin air like that is the definition of holding this L like you just out here just living for the moment then if you finessing grants like like you were like finessing research grants like that's crazy as shit now you're gonna make it harder for other professors at that university or even just black professors to actually you know get a research grant now you know what i'm saying for their work study groups and shit like that and for their you know uh for different modules and things of that sorts and, and different classes and oh man they probably gonna have to submit you know uh fucking blood uh quantums and uh, all kind of ids and fingerprints and all kind of shit and write a fucking you know 40 page dissertation on why they deserve this grant just because this negro wanted to drop you know 90 racks on iTunes and almost 100 racks at sports bars and fucking titty bars like that is just crazy so uh professor Chica Wadinaka and Wakpa you have to hold this ale get your man you win Perfect. all right so moving on to not all heroes wear capes um we have to give it to uh kobe bryant um we all know what happened um him and his daughter passed in a helicopter crash you know with um seven other people um uh it was very unfortunate um and it was uh it was tough receiving that news. Um, I was I was at work, and then I was um, I was at the warehouse getting ready to head out. And I, uh, you know, always do always, you know, check my Twitter timeline and stuff like that, just because I jot down little notes and stuff to talk about on the podcast. And then I saw TMZ, you know, tweeted that out, and then then the the link to the article was gone. So then i was just like okay whatever they've been wrong before because they've killed lil wayne and um there's some other shit they've been wrong about so i was like i just wait for more news sources and then you just started seeing like um, you know the abc news in la start tweeting about it then all these other reputable news sources started tweeting about it and then you just like fuck and uh it just it, it hit me hard um because i'm not going to lie i always respected kobe but i hated him uh just because i'm old enough to grow uh, i'm 36 so i was old enough to grow up in the jordan era um and actually see him win his titles like i remember him winning at least 5 of his 6 titles i definitely um the the first title against Magic and the Lakers is a little blurry. I remember just seeing highlights of it as a kid. But I remember, um, you know, sitting by the fireplace, watching him torch the Trailblazers and then the Phoenix Suns and then witnessing the Houston, Houston Rockets, you know, take over for those two years and then him winning the last three titles in the 90s. Um, and then my Spurs winning it in 99. And uh, I didn't I didn't like Kobe. I just didn't. Um, He just he was a great player, but it was just I just felt like he was a Jordan knockoff. And then when they had that run with uh, him and Shaq, um, it was just like, I was like, this guy's amazing. But I didn't like him because I loved MJ and everybody just kept on trying to call him the next Jordan. And at the time we had, you know, like Jerry Stackhouse was being called the next Jordan. Grant Hill was being called the next Jordan. Uh, who else was it? Harold Miner. So I just grouped him in with those guys. And uh and I hated I hated Kobe up until he won his last two titles by himself without Shaq. Cause I used to be one of them guys like, man, he wasn't shit without Shaq. Even though he was, you know, dropping 30 plus alongside Shaq dropping damn near 40. You know what I'm saying? and uh spreading out that defense to uh so Shaq could you know get some solos in the paint you know off the uh off the block and uh and I hated facing him uh hating but you know I'm a true Spurs fan so I hated facing him in the playoffs in the regular season because I knew what he could do um and, uh, you know, he had nothing but mutual respect for the Spurs. And he said if it wasn't for the Spurs, you know, they probably have, you know, about eight titles, him and Shaq, together or whatever. Because we were always a thorn in their side and vice versa. And I remember Shaq was talking about um, how my Spurs was a fluke when they won the 98-99 title because it was a short season and we beat the Knicks. I think we beat them in seven. And I think it went all the way to seven. And, um... He was talking about it was a fluke, and then they won them three in a row. Then they got beat by Detroit, and then uh here we come, and we started, you know, getting titles. So it was what 99 03 was it? uh We got five of them. So 99, 99 05 07, 09. And then I think twenty was at thirteen or twenty fourteen we beat uh, the Heat and sent um, sent LeBron back to Cleveland. I think that was twenty fourteen, but um, yeah. So, but he didn't. And I remember when the Celtics beat Kobe in two thousand eight. I think yeah, it was two thousand eight when they beat him, and I was so damn happy to see him broken and just like just angry and just how they got blown out i was so goddamn happy i remember i was working at quest uh downtown and i was just so fucking happy because my spurs didn't make it and i was just like and i'm not one of them people that roots for the team that beats my team to you know keep to you know to go through and uh you know go to the title game i ain't that person it's like fuck you you beat my team fuck you and everything you stand for i want you to get beat you know i'm not one of them people that's like oh well i gotta root for them because they beat my team no fuck that i want to see you destroy uh because i'm a very ultra competitive person myself and um when he came back and beat the magic and then beat um the celtics in 2010 that's when he garnered my respect that's when uh, uh like i always respect him i should say that but that's when i was like okay this dude's the real deal just won back-to-back titles with fucking pal gasol you know what i'm saying it's uh one of those things where it's just like okay he put the team on his back and carried them you know all the way you know, and shout out to him for passing to Ron Artest in that game um, against the Celtics in, uh, to win that 2010 title. Um, but the one thing that I did hate, though, uh, what I was pissed about is uh, LeBron could not get past the Orlando Magic in that 9 series to face Kobe and the Lakers. I always wanted that. We never got that Kobe and LeBron finals we never got that and that would have been dope to see that because you saw with mj and magic you know that passing of the torch when you know mj beat magic to win the title and then you know who knows what would have happened you know if cleveland would have faced um kobe and the lakers kobe and the lakers probably would have won it because they had a way better team way better coach but you just never know what's gonna happen, cause I mean, you seen fucking Cleveland win three one against, come back from a three one deficit against uh, the fucking uh, Warriors who went fucking seventy three and nine. But um, I always respected Kobe's tenacity, his um, his determination, and he always worked like he wasn't the most talented you know player on the court. He always worked like that, and that's just something that I had to respect and uh my hate for kobe you know like i said it stemmed from out of respect because he was so damn good he was so damn good and i was just like you know he just said some things like um you know i remember they were coming at him for stealing mike's moves you know especially you know with the fade away you know pivoting off the left pivoting off the right shoulder and uh, you know hitting different fade away moves and there's a video that basically shows you know all of his footwork and moves looks just like Mike and then he was talking about how Mike took this from um, uh, from this player and this from that player and stuff like that he was a real student of the game and uh, nigga still be arguing with me today about how kobe was better than mike and i'm just like no i will still i know this man rest in peace but i'm still a diehard mike fan but i have nothing but love and respect for kobe bryant and um you know it was tough you know seeing that you know it was tough seeing you know that on my twitter thread and then having to process that while you still at work uh it it was a bad feeling it ain't as worse as you know me getting that phone call that you know they found you know my brother you know passed away in his apartment but uh it, it was it was close it wasn't as bad but it was close you know this is a man i've never met before in my life but it had a pretty big impact on my life just growing up just seeing him go from you know high school to the league and dominating the league and you know uh playing at such a high level even you know being what did he retire three years ago so he was what 38 when he retired and he dropped still dropped 60 on the jazz in his last game um and he just had such a huge impact on the league and then everybody around it and what was um what was uh devastating to me was to see um you know uh liberal racism kind of show its uh, fangs you know uh you know white women jumped at the chance to uh call this man a racist i mean a rapist not a racist um and just to smear this man's name and legacy um while that helicopter was still burning next to the in, in that valley next to that mountain And that was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. And um, then you had the newscaster who was basically, you know, broke down and just said the Los Angeles niggers. And then you had these uh, blue check blacks come out and say, "Oh, she said nakers." Clear as day, she said the Los Angeles niggers. That's what she said. N i double g e r hard r s and it was so many that you just kind of saw who is who you know what i'm saying and then there was this uh this butch lesbian she was talking about how kobe was a race rapist and uh then there was the mural down there in austin texas where somebody has repeatedly wrote there was a mural of uh kobe and Gigi. somebody painted and somebody keeps on uh writing rapists on his forehead and this is stemming from that case. What was it? Two thousand three, two thousand four, uh, when you know he was dealing with. Uh, when he was in Colorado dealing with uh, that that clerk, that hotel clerk. And there's so many articles is being scrubbed from the web. Um, So you have to kind of catch them quick. And I salute the people who actually started bringing them up because there was old articles, uh, newspaper clippings, um, where, you know, people were saying that this uh, the so-called victim was uh, bragging about it at parties, uh, bragging about fucking Kobe. And then there was uh, too, too much DNA from different men in the uh in her underwear for the rape kit that they really couldn't process it because there was too many different semen samples in there and the the witnesses were were going to testify against the so-called victim and Kobe has always preached his innocence there and said that everything was consensual and then so they settled out of court and then the victim didn't even want to test the so-called victim did not even want to testify so this man went to court and you know he 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 didn't even beat the case because there really wasn't a case there you know what i'm saying so then you just so you just have these hordes of white women and just coming out you know just shitting on kobe's legacy and i and i bet you it was, it was some white women down there in austin who Uh, wrote rapist on his forehead and we really need to start holding white women accountable for being the pit bulls of racism white supremacy being the guard dogs of it because the white feminist movement like I've said so many times before is nothing more than sharing power with the white man to oppress non-whites that's all that it is it's fighting for power to sit on the throne of racism white supremacy to be the queen to the king of this empire of ruling over non-whites. That's all that it has been about. And we've seen so many examples of this when non-white women uh, try to join a feminist movement and their cries and their, um, uh, you know, whatever they bring up, uh, what difficulties they face and circumstances that, you know, they've been in uh, have been silenced when they've tried to join these white feminist organizations. Right. So that's all that the white feminist movement is, is about sharing power with the white man to rule over non-whites. That's all it is. You can even go back and look at how um, uh, how was it Susan B. Anthony and other so-called feminists were uh, disgusted at white men when they were uh, thinking about and negotiating, giving, uh, you know, black males the right to vote over them right so you just seen all these think pieces started coming out about how ignorant the negro male was and shit of that sort so um i just wish people would kind of pay attention to who's who during this uh during that during this tragic time of uh, kobe and his daughter Gigi passing because you just really see who's who and how they move and i think we really need to start looking at liberal racism a lot closer than because we we can easily identify people running around here with MAGA hats and the stars and bars flag but it's uh very difficult to uh you know see that person who's uh running around here talking about women's rights and shit like that but they omit the word that they really mean is white women's rights you know it's kind of hard to see that and then there was a. Uh, Somebody was looking funny in the light. Some guy on Twitter, some Yashar Ali or something. He said something slick. And um, you really just have to pay attention about who's who because he tweets a lot about, uh, you know, injustice and shit like that. And then he was uh, co-signing some fuckery. And I really should pull up that tweet right now, but I just don't feel like it. But I really need to start breaking down what liberal racism looks like. Uh, globally and uh, especially here in America because a lot of times liberal racism is being uh, is treating non-white specifically black folks like animals like a pet in the home and I uh, you know that's a great analogy that Dr. Boyce Watkins brought up in I think was a Hidden Colors 4 and it's just it's basically you just treat non-white specifically black folks like a pet you know it's like okay yeah you can come in the house but you need to be you can't sit at the table and eat with us and um you know we will throw you a couple of handouts but you know and i'm only only gonna deal with you when i feel like it you know what i'm saying so that's how you really have to look at liberal racism but i really have to start um breaking that down a lot better because it was very disheartening to see Um, these blue check blacks out here justifying that white woman reporter from what was it MSNBC or CNBC? One of them. It was something, some universal uh, news channel of NBC, and uh, basically saying that she's because she gave out a bullshit explanation talking about she was thinking of the Knicks and the Lakers, and it came out nakers, and it's like no, you, 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 there wasn't no nay in it. You just said Los Angeles niggers. And just to see these blue check blacks coming out, just like if she said she said makers, she said makers. I heard it going back and I listened to that goddamn thing about 13, 14 times. And it's an N.I. double gers OK, but um, I just really want y'all to just really start paying attention to uh, a lot of how these people are reacting uh, to this man's death, because it just really shows you who's who and then um and what was what was actually weird is you had some black folks online too who were uh being critical of black males um you know showing their love and affection for kobe and being sad and mourning in this time you know saying some shit like you ain't never met this nigga and uh blah 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 you can be sad over this now but you ain't sad over You know, your baby mama struggling and shit like that, just false equivalencies and things like that. And it just shows that, you know, this is why a lot of black men struggle to show emotion because you're always ridiculed for it. And I even said on this podcast many times myself that I'm one person that, uh, you know, I cry in the dark. You know, I don't do that in front of anybody and, uh, you know, even close friends and family, even my wife. You know, I just, you know, if I'm having an emotional day, you know, I'll deal with that on my own just because, i know it's not normal it's not normalized i should say for black males to you know be out here you know showing emotion so you know but um anyways you know i have to say you know rest in peace to kobe Gigi, and everybody that was on board of that uh helicopter flight excuse me Um, so there had to be um, and let me not be disrespectful and not mention those people's names uh, Peyton Chester uh, Sarah Chester Alyssa Altabelli Carrie Altabelli John Altabelli um, who else? uh, Christina Mauser and then the pilot you know Ara Zobayan so may all of those folks rest in peace and um, rest in power and um, yeah not all heroes wear capes all right so moving on to the last segment of the show health over wealth you know what i say without your health you cannot enjoy your wealth so with the uh untimely passing of uh kobe bryant we have to give you the um the principles of the uh mamba mentality or the characteristics um remember back in 27 2017 kobe dropped um the kobe ad so basically um which is very cryptic now but uh it was basically you know his post career and so he dropped his new sneaker and it applied color psychology and they were all like solid color kicks so you had like the blue the yellow the red the uh, gray and the purple and um and it's tied to the the characteristics or the emotions to the mamba mentality so basically the Mama mentality is you know it, it kind of encompasses both you know the physical and psychological elements of basketball but you can take this and apply it to the real world um if you're not a basketball player so the uh emotions or characteristics of it is fearless and so and with that um fearless you know that honors the element of the mamba mentality that inspires the courage to seek out the world's best competition knowing that in order to be the best you must beat the best right so you got to be fearless in those goals and there's also passion right so with the uh passion element of the mamba mentality that inspires um like that maniacal love you know for the game and an instinctual obsession to to succeed at all costs so just being very passionate about something where you're just obsessed with it right and then um the next one would have to be optimism so with uh, optimism um you know it's basically um you know never doubting yourself you know no matter what the odds are stacked against you Um, You know, you just believe 100% um, that you can overcome, you can achieve, you can, you know, reach that goal and just staying positive, staying positive. Uh, You have to just keep a positive mindset through it all, no matter how tough those odds are against you. So you always want to approach it with 100% of optimism, you know, and that's me. I'm a very, very 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 optimistic person if you ask those closest to me I could have my back against the wall and I know you know and I got 10 kung fu fighters coming towards me uh, somehow some way I'm gonna make it out of here you know with both you know with not a, I might have some scratches and some bruises on me but I'm still have all my limbs and I'm still be fighting till the last one drop you know so um, the next one and i think my wife hates how optimistic i am but i think she appreciates it but there's times when she's just like "Motherfucker, give up like <laughs> uh, but anyways the next uh emotion is has to be detachment so um and this one is a little controversial but it says uh you know you want to remove all emotional connection to any distraction you know including like office dramas you know squabbles with co-workers and then you know people doubting you you know and then he has a quote with that detachment it says friends may come and go but banners hang forever so basically just having that ice coldness in your veins and that's one thing that kobe had was just being just so cold blooded just cold blooded just to the point where you was just like yo this man is a fucking robot you know and then um the next one and the last one is the most important one is honesty um, with this one you know um, I'm just read it because he basically is saying that One crucial fault in people who fail to achieve greatness is an inability to accept candid feedback. Rather than ignore criticism, you know, he embraces honesty. He knows that accepting imperfection allows him to better himself. Um, There's no such thing as perfection in basketball perfection is minimizing mistakes digging deep and being honest with yourself where you are where you want to be and how you can get there allows one to process and accept shortcomings in order to pr- in order to improve so just being honest with yourself and there's a big difference between uh like it says um you know criticism and uh honesty you know um a lot of times some people might just be a fucking hater and you know just be hitting you with some some salty shit to kind of dim your game but you have to know when people are actually being brutally honest with you um and giving you like honest feedback you know what i'm saying um but you know i think we can all move forward in 2020 uh with the mamba mentality uh with whatever we're facing and um man i forgot to tell y'all like i am kind of clicking in with that mamba mentality right now i got like two companies hitting me up about the podcast and um basically they want me but these are like startup companies they want me to um basically like move all my content to their platforms so it's like a couple of like podcasts. Um, I guess you know how I'm on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, what's the other one? Stitcher, and I'm on some more. But uh, I think like something FM. I'm on. I'm on a bunch of them. The podcast gets distributed out to. Uh, but they, but they ain't really talking about no real money though. It's just like, oh, you got this opportunity to be one of the first to be about you know on this podcast so i'm i'm really kind of like looking into this because it could be one of those things that starts off fire and you know not start off fire but like a slow burn and then all of a sudden they get bought out by somebody you know maybe like spotify or something like that um or another you know audio platform but i don't know I'm, i'm really thinking about um you know weighing my options here but let me know what y'all think um because i know most of y'all listen on apple and um soundcloud i'm trying to get my spotify users up um but i just post that link tree um where y'all can listen to wherever you choose to and i like giving people that freedom because you know it could be one of those things where spotify is acting janky so then you have to switch over to apple or soundcloud's being janky so you have to switch over to stitcher so i don't like that idea of just being on one platform especially a startup one but you know it could be the beginning of something beautiful so um let me know what y'all think um hit me up on instagram or facebook and uh at do rags and boat shoes and let me know what y'all think if i should uh you know actually seriously consider streaming uh this show um on a startup platform because i think it might be one of those things like that bumpers like i started off with them and then them niggas folded within like six months but so i just got a kind of a bad taste in my mouth but you know it's all about growing and you know taking advantage of opportunities that's been given to you um but this has been episode uh 173 of Do Rags and boat shoes and i'm sorry for the wait y'all i'm, I'm really sorry about it i am um, just been so busy getting ready for my baby girl coming she gonna be here next month and It's just, you know, so many on my days off It's just, you know, doctor's visits and uh, things like that and getting the house ready and, you know, buying baby furniture and, you know, stuff like that. And so I appreciate all of y'all just being patient with me. And, you know, I love y'all and I will see y'all with another episode very soon. All right. One.